When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Sorry it's a bit later than usual, We're, it's that time of year. Ho ho ho! Maybe I should have started with that, I think, Seb, maybe you Just gone in with a ho ho ho. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Could be like our, our Christmas version of the air horn. Right, let's just start again. Hello everyone! Ho ho ho! And welcome to Rule the Roost podcast! That's... Uh, you, you just sounded like Brian Blassett there. I do. <laughs> I look a bit like him as well, actually. I can imagine in... 20 years' time, I might look a bit like Brian Blessed. 20? Yeah. Ten, <laughs> ten. Fuck you, Raj. <laughs> Raj isn't here. He's had a skinful last night. Um, he went out with Kevin Sinfield and, and the Leeds Rhinos lads um, after his amazing article was published in Vice. It's very good. Just read it. You yeah, know Raj has about Sinfield before, but he, he got to meet the man himself. Um, he's written a very good piece about it. So just just uh, replace the name Kevin Sinfield with Ledley King, and you'll enjoy it a lot more. And the sentiment will be much the same. So, although probably not at all, because Ledley King didn't really win anything. But anyway, um, uh, is, should we talk about Newcastle, Seb? I guess we probably should. Ninety seconds or something. Yeah. It was decidedly Spurs of old, wasn't it, mate? It was, but it felt like it was coming. It was one of those where sort of. We just we, we there, there was uh, an edge missing from our game, and and I think it, I think I was sort of looking at Twitter during the game, and I think most most fans would agree with me in that there was just something about that. We just we looked spent physically, and there wasn't so the same level of performance, and you know the pressing wasn't there, and actually Newcastle were a lot better than I think most of us thought they were going to be, and you could I mean even I know I know they scored with pretty much the last kick of the game, but it felt inevitable. I, I, it didn't also. It, it didn't just seem that we were physically spent, which I agree with. It seemed like there was. I don't know. It, it seemed like there was a, a lack of invention there, and a, and a lack of actual willing as well. That's what kind of irritated me about this result is that I, I you know, the tail end of last year when results started to to dip, it seemed to be that it was just you could attribute it purely to physical decline that the players had run themselves into the ground and they were, you could see they were just dead on their feet um mm. and they looked a bit knackered this time but it, i don't know it also just seemed like there wasn't quite that same bite there that we've seen yep. previously and i, I don't want to speculate about it, oh the problems and all this kind of crap because you know there's no point i don't think that, we need to but... like like sort of term these things as problems no. i just think it was things that didn't go well and i think that a couple of them were were you know, I think a couple of our, a couple of the players who've been who've had great seasons just had really off-color games. Eric Dyer I mean, was like, abysmal. I Eric Dyer, I just thought Eric Dyer looked like a product of having played too much on Thursday. I understand that he had to because we're missing Dembele and 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 uh, Bentaleb isn't quite ready to come back in. But I think if you're gonna, if 
Tom Carroll starting a Premier League game, I, I, I don't want to be unkind, but I just, I've said what I think about Tom Carroll on the pod before, but I think if you're going to do that, you need Dyer to be right at the top of his game for the extra security that offers, and it just wasn't the case. And uh, Danny Rose a bit, you know. Um, I, think, I think the thing that bothered me about the Tom Carroll inclusion as well is that I I get it, you know, he's he's... He he did play. He he played exceptionally well against Monaco. Yeah, um, I desperately wanted him to play well against Newcastle because he is one of our own, and he is. Yeah, you know, but he, he is. But, it, but I, that, I just, he, that was his first Premier League start for Spurs. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So certainly, the, I mean, certainly the first time I've, I've, I've yeah, I mean, because he 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 had a. I think he played about sort of twenty combined minutes in that Villa Spurs season. Um, in the first Villa Spurs season, went out on loan. Um, was out on loan again last year. So, yeah, I'd say it would be his first Premier League start. It, it, and it just seems to me like Newcastle, not only are, you know, they are a team in, in dire straits. They, yeah. uh, they haven't performed well this year. But at the same time, we should we should know by now that a team like Newcastle is still very dangerous. Well, you've you got know, to knock them over. you got to, you, 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 you still, if a team like Newcastle, the, the benefit for a team like Newcastle of coming to White Hart Lane is that there's no expectation on them. No. They can come and then they're sitting behind the ball and you know they, they play some quite nice attacking football and, and they have players who are quite suited to to, to playing on the counter attack. Like Wijnaldum's a really good player. Sissoko is not a great player but can be on his day. Um, Perez, I think, is one of the most underrated forwards in the league. I think he's great. And I know he's a great player. Start. I'd love him at Spurs, to be honest. I think he's a good player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they can cause problems and, and they defended much better and they just looked like a team that did not want to lose that game. And, and they... I think maybe we were sort of unlucky in that we had to play them the week after. You know, they they got probably what was a sort of a you know a useful victory over Liverpool for more reasons than one. But yeah, we just didn't. Once we went at one up, we didn't really. What I would have expected from Pochettino team is to then really go after them like we did against West Ham. And we didn't do that. We just kind of thought, well, nah, you know. Um, I know their keeper made a few good saves, but even so, they remind me of uh, they they. Newcastle remind me of that team that Spurs always used to be in that they're pretty shit and they have a lot of dross in their squad, but there's still just that. There's, there's that, a performance in them. But that's it. There's that spark. Yeah. Cause I, I, even in our darkest time, Spurs have always been that team where we can pop up and, and do someone four or five nil or, you know, get that shocking away result at somewhere where we wouldn't be expected to win. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I think we just we underestimated them, and I, I haven't wanted to buy into that kind of idea that you know we got a lot of young lads, and maybe they are starting to get a bit arrogant because of all the plaudits that are being rained down upon them. But maybe that is starting to play a part slightly. Just that you know, young people can get ahead of themselves, mm-hmm. and we have been. I don't think this should take anything away from how exceptional this year has been so far. No, no, absolutely and, not. Yeah, and the work that Pochettino is doing because it is that it's an overwhelmingly positive place where we are. It is, and it's yeah, and it's, that hasn't changed just because of no. one game. I mean, it's you know, didn't we say a couple of weeks ago that it's not sort of the ending of that unbeaten record that's going to be a problem? It's just how we react to it once. It yeah, happens. exactly. And that's that's I, we're recording this on a Friday, so that's Southampton tomorrow, isn't it? I mean, yeah. You, uh, maybe maybe we don't win that game, but you want to see a reaction. You want you you would like to think that, much as with the um the the, the game in Andelect, um you'd like to think that this has been kind of a um a punchy week in training, and if you, with a bit of honesty. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of annoying that they're they're in sketchy form at the moment as well because there's they're still a, a brilliant team and there's always a, a big yeah. performance in them. Um, and I, I do I don't know I do worry about this game actually. I worry that this could be a, a pretty nasty result. Um, I take a I take a draw now. I would take a draw. Yeah, I I, thought, well, I, I agree with that. I, I the thing is is that you know I think we we all said at the beginning of the season. I think actually Raj mentioned this. Uh, about a month ago in that or it might have been you Jack in that Probably it's not wasn't. fair to, to, to readjust your your expectations for a season in the middle of a season no you're not no. allowed to say well you know we've got to November and we haven't been beaten since August so therefore now we should be you know finishing top four I still don't think that that's really fair you know you, you we I think most of us at the beginning of this year thought you know if we finish sixth great fine if if that sixth place involves us giving you know a uh, useful game time to a Deli Alley or you know as it turns out a Dyer and you know we've seen I mean it's, it's a strange world to be in when when Eric Lamella was our, is now consistently one of our best attacking players I think Lamella's I mean, for whatever we can say about Kane and Dyer and Carroll and Rose Eric Lamella had a really good game on on Sunday I thought he played very well and I, it's it's nice to see. So we're in a situation now where, regardless of what the season adds up to in May, there's all these little positives that still exist. Um, I really do think his quality starting to shine through, Lamella. Oh, man. Like, Lamella, Lamella could have had a hat-trick on... Um, maybe, well, maybe not hat-trick, but two on Sunday. I mean, he, Rob Elliott made two brilliant saves off him, which, you know, in most situations, he'd have scored those. Um, that little cross shot and then the sort of the, the half-volley that, that Elliott palmed over I just Lamella's consistently finding a way to not only be a little bit more reliable with his with his build up play and you know with with finding passes in sort of um, you know midfield areas but he's also breaking to the box far more than he used to and he's yeah, I mean we saw this against um, Monaco a couple of days before Newcastle but like okay the hat trick was fairly mundane because you know it, it wasn't spectacular and nothing really required anything none of, none of those chances required anything special but then he's getting into those situations more He's being in the inner place to take those chances, and I think that's a great thing because that's that's actually uh, like a an attribute he had at Roma, in that he would just arrive. He's not necessarily someone that's going to carry the ball forty yards and then bail it into the top right hand corner. He's someone that is going to kind of just be where he needs to be, and I think that it's it's really promising, really encouraging that he's starting to do that. Do you think? I I know we've spoken about it before, but it seems to be that. The shadow over Lamella has not just been his price tag, but it's been Gareth Bale. I think people have always yep. looked to him to be a Gareth Bale footballer. Of course, mate. Yeah. And those those YouTube compilations and such kind of played into that a little bit. But uh, it, it seems to be like what you've just kind of said there as well is that if you were someone that was watching Roma week in, week out back then, you pro- it, it would have probably told a very different story. Because we've seen him score goals, you know, fantastic goals, not as many as we'd have liked to have seen, but still seen some in our shirt. You know, the one against Burnley, I believe it was, and the Rabona yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Which you know, you stick those into a compilation alongside some was Gareth Bale Pro goals. Where he, who was the um, in the um, in the Rabona game? I forget who it was against. It was Pro, I think. Yeah. I think it was against someone shit to make like Pauk or something. I, I don't know, but just someone, someone rubbish basically. But he scored a very good goal in that, a, a very good second goal in that game as well. That sort of there was a, a volley from quite. A, sharp angle which was quite nice but he's just not like he was bought with the Gareth Bale money and he came to the club immediately after Bale had just done ridiculous things with the football for a year and a half but like Lamella has always had that you know if you if you remember him from Roma he 
he's always been slightly jerky and he's kind of a weird moving player and he doesn't have he's not the smoothest with the ball and he's kind of unpredictable and and I don't know I just think a lot of people thought well here's it because he's been bought he is a a bail clone he is exactly such a kind of player and he will never be that he just has a different kind of value um I, I, I don't know. I, I'm frustrated with the kind of the anti-Lamella stuff because now, now that he really is playing well, uh, it seems as if people almost resent it because not, it's not that they're being proven wrong, but they're just kind of they're having to eat a few of their words. But I really can't understand this. Yeah, I was, I, I hate was, that. Mate, but mate. Well, I, was, I was vociferous. Like I, I put my neck yeah. out and I was like, I f- you know, I hate Dembele. Get rid of him. He's shit. He's yeah, this, me he's too. That. Me too. But, I never wanted to see him play for Tottenham no. again. And now no. he's performing well. I'm like, you know what? Fucking brilliant. Like, it, yeah, like it's, jokes on me. It's great because it's, it's good for Spurs, it. you know? Every now and again, someone retweets something I said about Harry Kane in like 2009 or something. Yeah. And I'd be like, Christ, no one could be happier than me that he's, he's, he's rammed that down my throat because look what we've got in return. This is so bizarre. But, but the, the, club, the, the team comes before opinions. Like, People's egos are frail, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing. If, like, if I give an opinion about like an Arsenal player, if, I, if, I, if, if, if Theo Walcott suddenly becomes a Ballon d'Or winner and people start retweeting everything I've said about him, I'm going to resent that a little bit. But when it's about your own team, it's completely different. Yeah. You know, it's of kind of, the team comes first always. You know, winning, you just, anyway, whatever. But it doesn't to some, mate. That's the problem. That is the um, problem, I think. Right. Yeah. We've had a few questions in. Um, it is going to be a, a quick pod. This week, I'm afraid, everyone, I'm sure you're all weeping into your, your Christmas advent calendars and such. See that? I've done a I haven't done any Star Wars references yet, so I haven't gone there. Haven't, no, I haven't I, I'm not a Star Wars guy, mate. I'm not a, But I you like it. But it, it's goblins and wizards in space. What's not to like about it? That's like <laughs> two of your two of your key things, isn't it, mate? That you look for in in cultural entertainment. I do love a good goblin. Yeah. yeah you do, yeah. mate. <laughs> I'm not getting Skyrim now. I've got a PS4, mate. I keep telling you. Um, you don't even when, know what Skyrim is, do you? Like, I, I wait for, you know, the kind of, uh, Seb, let's play FIFA and it never comes. Why? Do, well, uh, to be fair, I've, I've only had it, to be fair, I've only had it a couple of days and I haven't really gotten to play it yet, probably. I had yeah. one game with Raj. He beat me 3-2. It was a good game, though. He did Roma against Wolfsburg. It's a good match, that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not... I'm not sold on FIFA 16 yet, to be honest. I, it's 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 only all right. I have to say, I, I'm not really. Um, the PS4 hasn't really gripped me. I am. Um... You know, I'm I'm not one of these that like you know. Oh, there's a new FIFA, so I just don't like it because things are a bit different. It, it it actually feels I don't know. Like some of the changes feel slightly detrimental to the to the gameplay flow. It feels slower. It feels more sluggish. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not gonna. We're not a computer game podcast, so we're not going all KSI on you. We've had one from Le Football Est Part at Dictate Play. He's a good guy, he's a Southampton fan, but he's he's definitely worth following. Um, and he asks, Do Spurs still need Wanyama? I think so, personally. I'd take him in a heartbeat. I would say no to him. I think he's. I think he's an excellent player. I mean, oh. Eric Dyer's been excelling in defensive midfield, but. I still don't really see him as a natural defensive midfielder. Well, even if you do, I mean, you know, you still got to have a like. We're coming off the back of a game in which we had to play Tom Carroll, and yeah, we all want him to succeed, but he's he's not. It's Tom Carroll. I mean, tries very hard, and you know, delighted when you know he succeeds. And he's another one. If he proves to be an excellent player, I'll happily retract everything I've said about him. But 
you know, would you have rather had Tom Carroll playing last weekend or would you rather have had Wanyama? And I think that kind of, you know, um, I don't think Dembele's natural role is to hold anymore. I think he's got to be a slightly more progressive midfielder. That certainly seems to be what he does well. So Wanyama makes us stronger and you're not going to say no to him. I don't think it's, I don't think it's on the table, though. I don't no. think there's any chance of Wanyama arriving either in January or in the summer. So and it costs us too much as well. I think, I think yeah, it's too much. Priorities a striker, isn't it? Really, in terms of big money. Um, um, if the right guys around, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't. I, I again, and I've I've said this for a while. I'd rather we bought no one than just bought someone for the sake of it. If it's, if it's a difference between having what we have now and pressing on to the end of the season, or going, oh, you know what? Let, let's spend. Thirty-five million pounds on Baffy Gomez or something like that. You just think no. Yeah. I, with all you know, with all due respect to Baffy Gomez, he was a good player. But um, it, it's just to illustrate the point. I just think I'd rather give game time to Clinton and G, or you know, see what um, Son can do as a false nine or something. I don't know. Just, just, just don't throw money around for the sake of it. I'm looking forward to seeing City or United or someone spend about forty, fifty mil on Mares and realizing he's not good enough for that level. <laughs> is, that a bit, is that a bit cynical, maybe? But I, 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 I don't disagree. I think, I, I think Mara is a good player. I just don't think he's quite the messy that he's been made out to be. Nah, I think he's, uh, he's, he's just in a, he's a, he's a good player who's in a very rich vein of form, yeah. not a, a very good player. It's kind of like uh, I, I feel it's, it's similar to. It's not the same, but it's similar to what Raj uh, was saying about Jamie Vardy once upon a time. In that Jamie Vardy isn't a good, nor is he a shit player. He's just. Jamie Vardy, he, you know, he's very quick, he's ballsy, and he's mm-hmm. in a kind of team where he has that freedom and no pressure of expectation or anything yep. like that upon him. And he's, you know, he's going out and he's flourishing. And, and I don't think it's that dissimilar with Mares. Like the goal against Chelsea that everyone was kind of, you know, wetting themselves over. I would over. say more that was about Chelsea. I mean, yes. good finish, good finish, well done. Nice, you know, finish. nice, very nice. But all that bit. fannying around back and forwards on the ball, he shouldn't have been allowed to do that. No, absolutely. A good team. He doesn't score that against a, a team who can defend properly. Yeah, like, um, you know. And that's not taking Goal straight from kickoffs, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That point, I'll tell you what, though, that point at uh, the King Power doesn't like look so bad, bad now. Anymore. And everyone was, everyone, all the piss was boiling after that one as well, wasn't it? I'm actually going to, um, I'm going to the White Hart Lane version of that game. I'm, um, I'm going with Charlie Parrish. Oh, really? Yeah, we... Um, oh, we get you to. Got promising to to catch a game for a while. You, uh, and, um, you, you sliding in on Windy Coises action there. Yeah, you know, that, have you heard uh, about their their bromance going to wine bromance. bars and all all sorts? Well, Charlie, and I did say we had a bit of supper before. Well, I'm not sure we'll, we'll go to a wine bar because I don't drink, but um, we will. Yeah, just. Uh, well, you don't you, know, you don't drink, mate. You're <laughs> off the pod, son. You're off the pod, son. But you know what? It's, it would be nice to go because I, I don't very I, I very rarely get to, to go to games with actual Spurs fans. I mean, I'm always taking someone that's either like, a fan of another team or or like, not really a football person. Let's cut the so shit. Be, so you're, you're taking one of your many ladies. To the lane, aren't you? That's what you're doing. It's just Charlie Parrish, the code name. Yeah. <laughs> I meant no, I meant prior to that though. You know, you're like, oh, oh yeah, no, I, I have taken a few women to 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 White Lane, but um, oh yeah, it's um, <laughs> but it's not the same. You can't. You have to kind of explain stuff. You've and, shown them and, the the majestic cock in action. So <laughs> talking about Tottenham, right? Sorry, it's gone very it's gone very lab Bible, hasn't it? Um, I'm sorry. Questions. Tell me what you think about it. No. Um, that no, was really bad. Questions about that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was, no, I was bur- bursting into a bit of Destiny's Child there. Um, 
Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Ah, uh, uh, oh, I love this. Alex Timperley. Little prick. How come even though this is the best Spurs team ever and all the players just get it, you're still not in the top four? <laughs> what an arsehole. Alex Timpley's a Manchester City fan. Sorry. Because we haven't we haven't bought this, Alex. Yeah, we've nurtured this. You wouldn't know what that is though, would you, mate? Yeah. Oil nonce. Um Oil nonce is an excellent way of describing it. It's fantastic, isn't it? We've had one from Ole Ole Max. He's actually we get wow, we're getting all these questions from people that aren't Spurs fans. Maybe we should take something from that. So well, that's quite good in a way, isn't it? Given we're broadening it, our horizons. That's it. That's it. The net has been cast further afield. Uh, from a Tottenham perspective, where do you see Liverpool finishing under Klopp? Um, and then he just says, "Talk about the potential top four. I mean, I, I, I don't think Liverpool are that good yet. I don't think. I, I, I don't really know how good Klopp is yet. To be honest with you, I don't think we'll see for about a year and a bit. You know, you just, I, I, I think that they, you know, two great results against Chelsea and Man City, they mask a pretty hapless team because I mean, look at if you take those two results out of their fixtures under Klopp, what you're left with isn't particularly impressive. I mean, I, I feel for Liverpool in respect purely, and this is not their culture, not their fans, everything like that, because they do irritate me, but. I feel for them on a, on a purely sporting level because um, I feel that they kind of they fall they're like almost like a turbocharged Tottenham in the respect that what they want is to compete against the top sides in the country because of their history and because there's some kind of form of entitlement that they should be up there because they've won the leagues previously they've won Champions League so on and so forth that they should be up there but the reality is Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The infrastructure in place at the teams they want to challenge just dwarfs them. It absolutely dwarfs them now. And thus, they're always going to fall into this trap of, you know, what manager can we sign? What big players can we sign that will make us challenge for the league? When the reality is, guys, you're not that team anymore. You, Mate, it's, it's a nightmare just, version of our fan base, yeah, isn't it? Because exactly. it's just, how can you? There, are, I mean, they're, they're, the, the distance between what they think they're entitled to and what they're going likely to achieve is fast. I mean, even and, even on a on a kind of analytical tone, banter and everything aside, to a lesser extent, it's a similar deal at Arsenal as well. I think Arsenal are further ahead than Liverpool. I think they're probably yeah, a bigger club than Liverpool now, but still, 
when you compare it to like the resources that really City, I mean, you've got City and Chelsea out there ahead, then United not too far behind, but Arsenal again, like they're just, they're trying to punch at that level. And yeah, they, they could, they could sneak into the, you know, the title this year. But I would still say as much as they're playing well, that's more a reflection of the teams that are above them just not doing very well. I, I think to add a kind of an extra rung on that, I think Man City are kind of a clear level above Chelsea because, I mean, okay, they're, they're, their um, financial resources are kind of similar, but then Manchester City have a far superior infrastructure in terms of yeah. you know their training facilities and their youth setup, and you know because not only do they have the resources to go out and buy the very best players, but they they are, they now have the um, the facilities to cultivate them. There's um, an actual project there, like yeah, there is an the, yeah, it's, a, it's not just a sort of. I mean, I've always um, aimed that kind of you know. Uh, a rich man's plaything um, accusation at Chelsea, which isn't entirely unfair, but you can't really say that about Man City because mm-hmm. Sheikh Mansour has made sure that there is, as you say, an actual project. There's a, a three-dimensional facility. Um, uh, Abramovich, that's terrifying. Yeah, Abramovich's Chelsea feels a bit like what Blackburn were in the early days of the Premier League. It's, yeah. It's like yeah, just Jack chuck money thing. at it, chuck money at it. Because Jack Walker, they, I mean, if you listen to the stories about that Blackburn side, they, they were playing, they were, they, they would, they, they would, you know, have their training sessions in terrible conditions and they'd have like, you know, they'd be doing their corner routines as sort of dogs would be running across the pitch and stuff. <laughs> and, like, and that's, that's kind proper, of, which is proper ridiculous. Football, that's, that's proper football. But like, if, if you, I mean, anyone who hasn't seen it, have a Google of, of um, the Etihad project, which is the sort of the, um, the kind of, the Etihad complex, I think it's called, which is the, the sort of the area of Manchester next adjacent to the Etihad Stadium, which it just has like a seven thousand seater youth stadium and like sixteen football pitches and a live in. They basically built a Manchester version of La Masia. I've got to say, mate, because like with my previous job, I, I worked very closely with Manchester City. I was, I was mm. there nearly every other week at, at some times. And I mean, take, I mean, like we wouldn't be able to get away with this conversation if Raj was on the pod because you know he'd go on about the. Yeah how it legitimizes you know, yeah. nefarious we're, we're, money. It's an opportunistic and... way of talking about something that Raj wouldn't allow. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but I mean, as much as, yeah, you take that stuff out of the side, you take away like, you know, glaring domestic human rights issues and so on yeah. and so forth. What they have there is, it, it, it's exceptional and it's really, yeah. really impressive. And everyone associated with the club, everyone there, it's it's almost a bit cultish in a way, but... I don't want that to sound as negative as it obviously is implied. It's just everyone there seems to really buy into what they're doing. I mean, I, I was there working with like United fans as well who were like, you know, on the pitch when it's the derby, I hate City, blah, 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 in that old blast away. But in terms of what this club is now and what it's doing for Manchester, what it's doing for the area, you know, whatever anyone wants to say about them buying success and this and that like this this is a good thing this is a good thing for english football it's a good thing for the league um it's just it's it's a very it's a rational it's a very mature approach to you know the digital world i guess this whole kind of plan that they've got in place that all the fronts that they're you know look at their social presence is is exceptional and i know it sounds trite to talk about things like no but it, a club I think social fair. presence but it, it it's it all buys into what the club is and that they are fully focused on, you know, being at the forefront in every single facet of their communications, their play, their training, their, I I don't know. And the facilities there are 
phenomenal. Like the 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 women's stroke youth stadium that they have there on the training ground. It's extraordinary, mate. It's it's probably better than half the clubs in the championship stadiums. It's, it's I I um I was lucky enough. I when it was being built, I got to go around our training facility, um, which is pretty pretty bloody impressive. And I, th- I think that we're, we're the only one that comes sort of close to, to Manchester City's level, but we're not even really that close to challenging it. I mean, it's great and it's it's immeasurably better than what it was. Um, but uh, the the one at City is just, you know... I mean, it's, it's actually, in a way, Jack, it's kind of... I, I, I understand all the caveats about City, but it, it, they've created quite a good model for what happens, what, what should be done when a rich man buys a football team. Mm. Because I think that, you know, we, do, we have to accept the reality that our clubs are going to be picked off by wealthy people and they're going to be run like that. And I would rather see them being run as a Manchester City than as a, a Blackburn uh, or a Chelsea or a Newcastle. Um, or, you know, uh, well, I can't, you can't put Portsmouth into it because it turned out that the rich man wasn't, didn't actually have any money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit different. But uh, not to laugh Notts at what's happened to them. Notts, there you go. Notts County is probably the better example. Um, uh, so yeah, you 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 okay? It's cynical, and they have bought a certain level of success. Of course, they have, but then at the same time, they've created something which will hopefully for them facilitate a degree of self sustainability over the next God knows how long. Do you know what I would dig them out on like oil money and all that kind of thing aside? Is yeah. the franchise club thing? I don't agree with that. No, that no I, I don't either. I, I think that so that's I think that amounts really just to creative accounting. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not fond of that at all. No, I don't. I don't like that. And I, you know what? I mean, what underlines all of this is I'd rather they weren't there. I'd rather that it was organic. But I think that's a pipe dream in the modern game. I just don't think we, you know, the biggest. I think the biggest frustration with Spurs fans and City is that they are kind of where we should have been. What well, we they, were building towards. Yeah, you know? well, we had that one. The, 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 we were a rival of theirs for about eighteen months. And then it felt like it felt like we were an oil tanker and they were a speedboat. And then for a fleeting period of time, we were alongside each other and we had that one game where we beat them. And then, you know, we had I, I was at the game where um, the nil-nil at the beginning of the season after we qualified, after we beat them at the Etihad. And Joe Hart was an absolute machine. And yeah, it was his, you know, that was his kind of... Um, it's probably the, the best, best game. performance he's ever had in his career. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, and... We were taunting them, you know, Thursday night, Channel 5. But it just felt so hollow because we all knew, give it another year and they'll be ahead of us. Just just because, you know, just because of the money. And that, that was very, very dispiriting. Um, and, yeah, I, I, there's a little bit. I, I still resent it a little bit, but, you know, it's just not as much as I resent Chelsea, I think, is, is the way to characterise it. Chelsea just they're abysmal. But oh, goodbye, goodbye, Chelsea. Jose. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye lad. Bye indeed. Um, I I have found it funny seeing all these Arsenal fans though doing this whole like you know, oh, who's the like you know the whatever is specialist in failure now blah 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 oh, blah. He still didn't so, beat him. No, and he still won a lot more than Wenger's ever really won. So it's Wenger's a great manager. Don't get me wrong. But. I, I agree. I just think that sort of you, you kind of you're celebrating the departure of someone that ultimately you couldn't beat in a properly competitive situation. <laughs> no, I mean okay, Charity Shield, good for you. But um, you know, even this season, Arsenal couldn't beat Chelsea. But Özil's pre-assists, mate. You know, come on. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I actually I, I read some. Ask this, this, this is this characterizes what I think of Arsenal fans. 
I, I saw a tweet from like a big Arsenal account the other day saying, um, oh yeah, uh, Meza Ozil is uh, approaching Jamie Vardy's goals or assists in consecutive games record. Just fuck off. Just get out. Into the sea, bin, river, lake, whatever. Just fuck off. Just die. <laughs> Just like, come on. Uh, yeah. Die and take your remains with you somehow. Somehow. Yeah. Not sure how that would be possible. That's kind of a different podcast, that one. It is, isn't, isn't it? it? That kind of discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. That went to a dark place, didn't it? Let's have a look. See, uh, this is this should be quite a good uh, touch paper, actually. Um, a bit of a segue. We had Joe Tweeds, um, who is a Chelsea man, basically. He's been on pod before. And he asks, in a joking fashion, I'm assuming, is Pochettino free this summer? But, on a serious note, is that something we need to worry about with Chelsea? Because, I mean, they're probably going to get hidden, aren't they, in the interim? As 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 we're recording this, uh, I'm seeing tweets of Gus Hiddink boarding a plane for London. Okay, right. Well, that, I th- but that was to be expected, I think. I, I, don't, I don't think Pochettino is even on Chelsea's radar. I mean, everything I've read from... Okay, a lot of people are talking bollocks. I understand that. But then the people that I trust and the people whose opinions matter seem to be saying Simeone uh in the summer but i just i can't that see him leaving atletico why well, would you I, leave I, him for chelsea yeah i agree with you i agree he's like the king of that club yep i um i wouldn't understand it. and if it were, i was him i wouldn't be leaving either but then you know it's chelsea it's the, it, you know chelsea's the wages that, that abramovich could offer him you know they're capable of turning anybody's head um i just don't think um I don't think Pochettino is is a necessary component, and this is not meant as in any way to devalue him. I just don't think he's the right manager for a Chelsea sized club, because what he what he specialises in is not necessarily what they do. So he's not he's not a manager that wants you know new player after new player coming in, thirty million pounds a go is being spent. He'd rather be sat on a training ground with you know with a set of components which he can fine tune to fit a team, and that's what he gets to do at Tottenham. And also, I think we're I think we're at a risk of of doing ourselves down a little bit, I think we're a pretty good place to be. Yeah, we've got probably uh, we've, we've covered this, but you know our training facilities are second only probably to Man City's. We're on the verge of he gets to be the manager that takes us into the new stadium. He's got a group of young players who are arguably the most exciting in the country. Why would you want to leave Tottenham at the moment? I mean, it, it's it's just money, um, and I I understand Chelsea could offer Pochettino more money, but then he's not. A, I don't think he fits in that picture. Just like when when Real, when you know Rafa, whenever Rafa Benitez is you know uh, inevitably sacked by Real Madrid, Real Madrid are not going to go for Pochettino. Doesn't you know he doesn't suit what their um no. their mission statement entails. So I don't think it's a problem. I don't think that um I I, I know what you're saying and it it, it it's all we're Spurs. We're going to worry. Well, yeah, rationally and logically, it, it's kind of the same thing. Um. But it, it all makes sense. But at the same time, this is Chelsea and Roman Abramovich is so, ooh, new shiny thing, you know? And Pochettino, in a way, is that kind of new shiny thing in the league. And that's why I worry about it. Because, you know... But then, but then Jack, you've got to, like, you've also you've got to factor in Abramovich negotiating with Levy to buy Pochettino out of his contract. I mean, you, you don't want to be doing that. I guess so. But then at the same time, finally they've, got, you know, they've just I'm, paid off Mourinho, what, 20, 30 million, haven't they, for this? Like, I think, I just don't think the money really I, I, is that I, I, big a deal to Abramovich. I, think I don't think it is. But can you imagine Levy agreeing to, to, to let Chelsea negotiate Pochettino? 
be 50 mil, wouldn't it? Straight it'd be up. a lot of money, and I just don't think that it, I, there's, there, there has to be a point at which you know that that's that's got to be fairly prohibitive. Um, so I don't, I don't, I really, honestly, I, you know, I'm and I'm a fairly, I'm I'm fairly skeptical about these things, and I'm always sort of a little wary of uh, aware. Yeah, well, we of, can bring Cumin in, you know. You were just kidding. Jay Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, Gary Monk. Yeah. Gary Monk. I feel sorry for Gary Monk. Well, yeah, I feel, I feel quite bad. For I him. think one day he'll be a very good manager. I don't think he is yet, but I think he's not Tim he... Sherwood either. No, no, no. That's completely unfair to, to cost him. That just a lazy comparison. Just someone that you know isn't quite experienced enough. But he'll get another chance. Bielsa though in the Premier League. That'll be that'll be fun. That'll be the, the the tabloids would have a field day with his quirkiness. They would just. He's such a strange guy, but uh, it would be good to watch. I think I can Different. imagine everyone expecting him and Poch to have some really like <laughs> heartfelt kind of moment on the sidelines. Poch maybe going over to chat to him, and him just like not even looking at Pochettino, you know, because he's just so insular and weird and <laughs> sitting on his little box in his technical area, just you know watching what's happening, ignoring everything else. Yeah, it'd be fun. Oh, God, yeah. right? Let's have a. Look. Um... So, long story short, Pochettino's going to Chelsea, basically. That's what I take from that conversation. Okay. (laughs) Selective Um, interpretation, but I'll let you have it. See, this is a problem with my Twitter presence. I put out a thing saying, like, can I have some questions? And it's just all, you know... Snark. Yes, it is. You know... Just because I take the piss out of everyone else, don't take the piss out of me when I'm trying to. Do you, do you want to talk about narcos? Yeah, go on. And you have, st- you, have, I, you, have you seen it? I've watched episode one, mate. I still haven't gotten around to watching it at all. But... It, it's dangerous because it, it's it, it took over my working day yesterday because I I'm a, I'm a bit of a um, a Pablo Escobar nerd because I'm, I'm I'm quite interested in that period of sort of Colombian history and um, it's very complete. I mean, there's a, a bit of license here and there, and there's one or two inaccuracies, but. It's um, it's brilliant. It really is. I I I I finished work early yesterday with the intention of kind of getting back to it in a few hours, just having a bit of time off. And I must have finished about four o'clock, and I went to bed at one, and I did nothing between those time those two times except watch Narcos and eat. What's uh, what's the whole vibe on the? Because my uh, my my dad wasn't too fond on their portrayal of man in question that he, he kind of felt that they tried to turn him too much into a bit of a hero which well yeah i understand that and and there is a bit of escobar's very ambiguous issue because that that you know on the one hand there is that kind of i, I mean he was sort of portrayed as a kind of robin hood figure in in um uh, colombian history and by us because he did do some good i mean he he was a an ally to the poor communities in mm. Medellin, you know, transformed the slum into a, you know, a proper housing estate and that stuff. But then he's also a terrorist. I mean, he did, he did some truly atrocious things. Um, and so, um, but I, I think Narcos does quite a good job of, of, of the further on into the series you go. Um, it, it, it's very similar actually to kind of the Walter White thing, because, you know, in, in the beginning, Walter White's a fairly benevolent character and, and he's, he's sort of bumbling his way through the meth world. But towards the end, he's full on evil, um, and he, he he sort of his interpretation of, of the value of human life is, you know, fairly tenuous. Um, and I think there's there's shades of that in in the sort of the real life story of Escobar, and I think they did a pretty good job with it in Narcos. And I think that because they essentially tell the story from the DA's perspective, 
Um, and from sort of the Colombian um, government's perspective, I think I think it's quite fair. Um, I just, my, my brother actually lives in Colombia at the moment. Really? He was, we were talking about this. Yeah, he, he sort of, he quite liked it. So, Just to, uh, just to caveat this, my dad isn't some like ardent by the line kind of, <laughs> you know, it's not, oh, he, he sold I, drugs, so he's bad. It's more that, you know, he, you know, he gets he America has done some terrible things to South America, but it's also, it's like, yeah, okay, you built villages, you did this, you did that, but you also kind of slaughtered he, anyone he, that didn't agree with you, you know? He killed, um, he ordered the executions of, you know, a lot of public figures and he killed a lot of innocent people essentially and the, you can't have one conversation without the other there's no case for saying that um that uh pablo escobar is a w- was a force for good in colombia i mean there, there there is there are elements of good in what he did at the beginning of his um of his life and his rise to power but i you, you can't you can't excuse everything that went on. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm really. Um, I don't want to step on the series, and I don't want to discourage people from watching it, and I don't want to give anything away for people who don't know the story. So just watch it, and then maybe in six months' time, we'll have a special Escobar loving Rule the Roost pod. Yeah, <laughs> Raj doesn't need any excuse that either. He absolutely loves him. So, I, I mean, I, I get I, your dad is quite right, I, and I, I've seen. There's a, there's a really good Netflix documentary which might be a good entry point, which is called uh, Sins of My Father. And it mm. basically involves Escobar's son. Um, it, it, it tells his story, but it also tells a story of him meeting up with um, the families of the two politicians who Escobar had executed. Um, and I think that's a very good starting point. If you wanna, that's got interesting. If you want to have a sort of broader perspective on what it was about before you watch Narcos, watch that first because it's really it's it's not an outstanding documentary, but it's quite detailed and it's um and it gives a sort of listening to his son talk about his father is probably one of the most revealing things because it cuts through a lot of the bullshit about Escobar and and, and the sort of the mythology associated with him and and you you get to see the kind of the human cost of you know what he did and. Uh, you know, and it's 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 fair, it, it, fairer than you'd expect from from a member of his family, certainly. Yeah, I just think in these kind of situations, people are too you know drawn into it's either or. You know, um, yeah. Well, they treat him like a sort of Che Guevara. Yeah. Whereas in reality, no, not really. Hmm. I mean, it, there's there's the, the more you learn about, he was it, still self-serving. You know, that's that's kind of that's the big yeah. thing that people and I get it, everyone is, but don't make out like he was, you know, a saint because he was. The benevolence to the poor may have come from a good place, but it was ultimately to build support for him. Yeah. Um, and and it wasn't entirely selfless gesture at any point, and and you know it happened, and yes, he, he did some good, but then you've got to yeah, you've got to be a bit more detailed than that. I think the assessment of him. But a great series, whatever, and it's great entertainment. Even if you don't care for the history, even if you just want to treat it as fiction, it's 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 brilliantly done. I think. It looked uh, just from the first episode of seeing it, it's beautifully shot as oh, well. It, yeah, it shows Colombia in its sort of um, in its best light, certainly, it, and it's just it has that kind of gritty realness which you want from that kind of thing. Proper television. Proper TV, indeed. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, it's been a short one this week, um, but yeah, there you go. That's the end of it. If you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Rule the Roost podcast, you can do so on iTunes or on the Acast player, which is on our website, which is rtrpod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at rtr underscore pod. We've plugged Rogers, Simfield. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've, we've done that. Um, there'll be lots going on there. 
Um, and if I get it done in time, I've got a new animation coming out soon as well. Oh, really? Yeah, a little, little Christmas. No, I always keep it under wraps. I always like to surprise everyone. So, All right. you know, but well, I say that enough, just announced it now. <laughs> there you go. Announce new animation, hashtag. Um, but yeah, that's it. So watch this space. Let's enjoy losing Southampton. Come on, you Spurs. Come on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.